0: Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi. Hello. We are at that magical time where we get to share with you the books we are excited for that are coming up next month. So this is our October book picks. You know that means Emma and Jill are here with me today. Hello. Hi. Before I forget, uh, I guess I have to remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And of course, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And we're preparing for our 700th episode. So be sure you're following us on social. So that way you can, you know, answer some of the prompts or ask us some questions. So we'll start asking now if you have a burning question about one of the three of us or about all of us or about the podcast. We want to hear it. Send it through professional book nerds at overdrive.com or tag us on social. With that, who wants to kick us off with their first book for October?
1: Me. I am extremely excited for this book. This is one of the most, I'm just going to make a bold claim, anticipated books I think of 2022 for a lot of readers. And it's, it starts with us by Colleen Hoover. This book is out October 18th fan favorites, Atlas and Lily are back. That's it. That's the summary. No, I'm kidding. So TikTok sensation, Colleen Hoover, love her, hate her. You know, I know it's up to you, but she's back with a follow-up to the 2016 book, It Ends With Us. So Lily and her ex-husband, Ryle, have just settled into a civil co-parenting arrangement uh, when suddenly Lily bumps into Atlas again. So after... A lot of time has passed between her and Atlas and time has passed between her and Ryle's separation. Um, Lily is happy that for once, maybe her and Atlas will be in the same place on the same page. Things might finally be aligning, Um, but her excitement is quickly hampered by the knowledge that although they are no longer married, Ryle is still very much a part of her life. He's the father of her child. And Atlas is the one man that he will hate being in his ex-wife and daughter's life. So there's some tricky dynamics there that have to be navigated. This book switches between the perspectives of Lily and Atlas. It starts with us, picks up right where the epilogue in it ends with us ends a lot of confusing language from me there so i know readers are chomping at the bit to see what happens with atlas and lily this one's going to be big this is uh it starts with us by colleen hoover out october 18th
0: a divisive first pick colleen hoover I know. I know
1: funny thing is obviously
2: i have access to all of the lists of the books you've all chosen and emma started and she was just like it's going to be, you may not, not want to hear I was like, what? Oh, right. That one.
0: <laughs> I fully one. I fully forgot all of the drama and the the love and hate on the internet for Colleen. And so when you started with that, Emma, it's like, what? What are you bringing to the table?
1: Right? I was like, I, uh, yeah, love her, hate her. This book is too big to not mention. <laughs> and yeah, I know. You know, and I personally and you enjoy her. You like Colleen, enjoy right? yeah. Colleen. And so it. I think shout out where shout out is deserved.
0: Give shout outs where shout outs are due.
2: <laughs> so my first
1: pick is
2: Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. This is about 12 year old Bird Gardner. Bird lives a quiet existence with his loving but broken father, a former linguist who now shelved books in a university library. Bird knows not to ask too many questions, stand out too much, or stray too far. For a decade, their lives have been governed by laws written to preserve quote-unquote American culture in the wake of years of economic instability and violence. To keep the peace and restore prosperity, the authorities are now allowed to relocate children of descendants, especially those of Asian origin, and libraries have been forced to remove books seen as unpatriotic, including the work of Bird's mother, Margaret, a Chinese-American poet who left the family when he was nine years old. Bird has grown up disavowing his mother and her poems. He doesn't know her work or what happened to her, and he knows he shouldn't wonder. But when he receives a mysterious letter containing only a cryptic drawing, he's pulled into a quest to find her. His journeys will take him back to the many folklore she poured into his head through the ranks of an underground network of librarians, yes, please, into the lives of children who have been taken and finally to New York City, where a new act of defiance may be the beginning of a much-needed change. Um, first love, Celestine, but this is fantasy, which is new for her, and I'm very excited. I, I like, like you can clearly tell this is from a lot of what is happening in the world right now. Um. And sort of Celeste taking that and and moving it in kind of to like a speculative fiction direction. I've loved her previous books. Um, also, she's from the Cleveland area. So, you know, shout out there. Speaking of, you know, shout outs. And yeah, so I am very much excited for Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. It's out October 4th. So early in the month.
0: Another one of those big books that we could not pass up.
2: I, I know. Yes. Love Celeste. Love Celeste. Love Celeste.
0: Uh, so my first book is Jackal by Aaron E. Adams. It's out October 4th. Got to give you something a little spooky since we're going into spooky season. And you may or may not hear, I don't know, someone talk to Aaron maybe next week on the podcast. Uh, okay, I'm not even looking forward to this book. I read it and I'm looking forward to reading it again when the like final version is out. This is just straight up for me a fantastic book. Spooky, true crimey. Anyway, let's let's just dive into it. So it's watching. Liz Roche is coming home reluctantly. As a black woman, Liz doesn't exactly have fond memories of Johnston, Pennsylvania, a predominantly white town. But her best friend is getting married, so she braces herself for a weekend of awkward, passive-aggressive reunions. Liz is grown, though. She can handle whatever awaits her. But on the day of the wedding, somewhere between dancing and dessert, the couple's daughter Caroline disappears, and the only thing left behind is a piece of white fabric covered in blood. It's taking. As a frantic search begins, with the police combing the trees for Caroline, Liz is the only one who notices a pattern, a summer night. A missing girl, a party in the woods. She's seen this before. Keisha Woodson, the only other black girl in Liz's high school, walked into the woods with a mysterious man and was later found with her chest cavity ripped open and her heart removed. Liz shudders at the thought that it could have been her, and now, with Caroline missing, it can't be a coincidence. As Liz starts to dig through the town's history, she uncovers a horrifying secret about the place she once called home. Children have been going missing in these woods for years, all of them black, all of them girls. It's your turn. With the evil in the forest creeping closer, Liz knows what she must do: find Caroline or be entirely consumed by the darkness. I I can't say enough good things about this book. It is spooky, but I will say the pacing of the horror side. So, it, you y'all know I'm more of a true crime thriller style preference reader. You know, if I'm having like a thriller read, it's a little more on the realism side. And this builds a beautiful pace until the point that it hits the like actual supernatural horror side. And when it flips to supernatural, you go like, oh, I, I you don't feel like uh, cheated or anything like that. It's, it's a lovely book and an amazing debut title. And that is Jackal Aaron E. Adams out October 4th.
1: It sounds so good. I can't wait to read it. And it's not my usual cup of tea, but your rave review bumped that up my list a little bit.
0: I'm happy to hear it. I uh, keep pestering everyone I know to read it.
1: (laughs) My next pick uh, is, I'm not going by vibes. I do have a spooky pick, but that'll be later on. Uh, My next pick for October is Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton. I don't know if you see Tom Felton on TikTok nowadays, but he's a delight to follow. He's obviously most famous for being Draco Malfoy in the film adaptations of Harry Potter. And this book gives insight into what that was like and notably how things have been for him since. I think those actors that were sort of ratcheted up in fame at such a young age are kind of in a unique situation and as someone that grew up with this series, I'm obviously intrigued to know what it was like from his perspective and then also hear more about his life since all of that has ended. Um, he's obviously found success in other things since Harry Potter, including like plays on the West End and other films and things like that. And so I am really excited to see, you know, a snippet into his life both back then and now. Um, And I follow him on TikTok and he's hilarious. So um, I think that this will be similar in that I'm sure there'll be, you know, introspective moments, deep moments, and then also a lot of just humor. He seems to do a lot of things with humor. So I'm looking forward to this book. This is again, Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton out October 18th.
0: Definitely enjoy his socials.
1: I
2: don't think I knew he was on TikTok. Um, So we're going to be Fixing that immediately.
1: He did a really good teenage dirt bag video.
2: <laughs> you know what? I
1: can see that. I of can see that. Of course he <laughs> did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope he's hugging Voldemort in that dirt. Right?
1: Bag I know. Uh there are some scenes you may recognize.
2: Okay. Cool. Cool. I'm looking forward to that one. I'll be <laughs> yes, changing that and following him immediately after this. Um, my next book is Station Eternity by Mer Lafferty. So from idyllic small towns to claustrophobic urban landscapes, Mallory is constantly embroiled in murder cases that only she has the insight to solve. But outside of a classic mystery novel, being surrounded by death doesn't make you a charming amateur detective. It makes you a suspect and a social pariah. So when Mallory gets the opportunity to take refuge on a sentient space station, she thinks she has the solution. Surely the Myrtles will stop if her only company is alien beings. At first, her new existence is peacefully quiet and markedly devoid of homicide. But when the station agrees to allow additional human guests, Mallory knows the break from her peculiar reality is over. Wow, I had trouble with that sentence for no good reason. After the first Earth shuttle arrives, and aliens and humans alike begin to die, the station is thrown into peril, stuck smack dab in the middle of an extraterrestrial who-done-it. And wondering how in the world this keeps happening to her anyway. Mallory has to solve the crime and fast or the list of victims could grow to include everyone on board. Okay, there is so much here. Okay, we got like cozy mystery, locked room, cozy mystery on a space station of like in space with aliens. I love that. Uh, right?
0: I just really wanted to like come in dramatically as you were saying that and go in space. Like That's, it, yes.
2: Yes, oh. I, like, it feels like a cozy, like, it It feels like a cozy.
0: Yeah, I love a locked room in, and locked a cozy rooms, locked room, I don't a know. A cozy
2: locked room, well, I mean, a lot of locked rooms are cozy, but like right. a cozy locked room in space, though.
0: Yes, so, so into that.
2: Hello. Right. right. Station Eternity, also out October 4th.
0: Oh, exciting. So, um... I'm kind of with Emma. I don't have like a solid vibes list today. It's just a bit of picking and choosing. But this is a title I have been eagerly awaiting. Uh, Out October 25th, this is Working Girls, Trixie and Katya's Guide to Professional Womanhood. Uh, so this is by the Drag Race superstars Trixie Mattel and Katya Zamolochkova, uh, and they took the world by storm with their first book, The Guide to Modern Womanhood, a book of expert advice on beauty, homemaking, and relationships. They're now tackling an even bigger challenge, finding success in the modern workplace, um, So in Working Girls, Trixie and Katya dole out both savvy and satirical advice for every stage of working life, from choosing a career path to sailing into blissful retirement in step-by-step guides, quizzes, and the world's most bizarre aptitude test, and of course, more. Uh, Stunning photos, all sorts of wonderful things. Searching for the perfect interview outfit, agonizing over how to get that raise, suspicious that your colleague doesn't really hope their email finds you well, Trixie and Katya have you covered. They also share personal stories from their own remarkable careers and their philosophies on everything from mastering office lingo to getting fired with dignity, all alongside hilarious, gorgeous photos. Witty, beautiful, and packed with wisdom, Working Girls is the ultimate guide for the working woman. So this is one of my favorite, like, strange sub-genres that seems to have popped out of, like, the, the YouTube and influencer craze, and that is... Earnest but fully satirical lifestyle guides. So it's it's like self help adjacent. It's like a way to appreciate what's going on in your life, but also kind of take the seriousness out of it. Just kind of sidestep and and enjoy life. So I am looking forward to this. Um, they are they are just two of my favorite content creators. Uh, and if if you know me, if you've been in a Zoom meeting with me, you've seen them in several backgrounds uh but that was working girls uh by trixie and katya out october 25th
2: um love them so
0: yeah i got to see their live show a couple weeks ago here in cleveland and i'm still smiling
1: that's fair that's good yeah so october is gonna be great so far i'm so pumped about all of these books and that's going to continue with the rest of these selections. My next pick is The Atlas Paradox by Olive Blake. This comes out October 25th. The much-awaited sequel to The Atlas Six is finally here. Some early readers have been waiting over two years for the return to this world. So in Olivy Blake's book, The Atlas Paradox, we pick up right where we left off in the end of The Atlas Six. So if you haven't read Atlas Six, skip ahead because this obviously is a slight spoiler. Uh, for where we pick off but five members are initiated into the alexandrian society in the atlas paradox libby is missing where is she when is she question mark uh enemies reveal themselves from all sides the society is revealed for what it really is a society with world-changing power headed by a man atlas uh who has specific plans for the world already in motion, and everyone must choose a side as stakes are raised. This book, wow, is all I'm going to say. Wow. So to the people that have been waiting two years to read it, you're going to be so thrilled to finally have this book in your hands. The I say this as the highest compliment, I was able to read an advanced copy of this for reasons that you may or may not see later on in the month. But this book made me think so hard. And I like in such a good way, I really had to use my brain for this book. And I think I'll be thinking about it for a long time now that it's done. So uh, yeah, The Atlas Paradox by Olivia Blake. This is out October twenty fifth.
0: Now, you mentioned um, two people had to wait two years for this book. That feels like a long time now, just compared to how you like most duologies. When we see them come out, you see the, the pub date for book two, like eight, maybe 18 months at most later. But you already know when it's coming, where this is like, I don't know, do you sense a trend shift? Are we going back to longer waits or...
1: I think it depends on how much the authors have going on. And so like Olivia Blake is so impressive to me in that she's writing like five books right now. So I think it depends on the, on the author, but a little backstory on the Atlas paradox and the Atlas six, she self-published the Atlas six in, I think it was January of 2020 and Then obviously all chaos ensued um, with the pandemic. And then the book actually went viral on TikTok. It was then picked up by a traditional publisher. And so there was a little bit of transition time between getting all of the self-published copies kind of off shelves, getting the new um, traditionally published copies from Macmillan onto shelves. So the Macmillan version was published in March of this year. Uh, I believe. And it just came out on paperback, like I want to say in the last couple of weeks. So this is a really interesting publishing journey where the book has been out for two plus years. And so early readers have been waiting a long time for the sequel, but for all of the people that sort of discovered it from this next wave of publication from Macmillan, uh, they've fortunately only had to wait, you know, since March. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Olivia Blake is a really good, I guess, like not character study, but like for somebody who in the industry did a lot of self-publishing and then had certain books picked up by a traditional publisher, having that sort of changeover Mm -hmm. um, has been interesting to see. And I've also seen a lot of book talk where having her original self-published versions is like a badge of honor to have those copies instead of the new ones. So, um, I think that's going to be something we're going to see as well as we do see authors go back and forth between self-published and traditional published and and whatnot. Thank Sorry, you, I no, no, had a lot of <laughs> that's so cool. I, immediately... I know a little about this for <laughs> no for no reason whatsoever.
0: Of course. I just was immediately fascinated because it's it is so odd to see books take that long now, but then to know that there was such a unique story is also super cool.
2: I think it also depends on the author and how much they've written of book two. I remember like a several years ago, we had a catalog presentation here at the office, which is when publishers come in and share upcoming books. And publisher was sharing a fantasy like YA new adult type thing um that and there was a long wait between book 1 and book 2 because when they picked up book 2 book 1 she had not even started on book 2 yet and so she had to sort of start and they're they're fantasy they're big books they take a while to write so um it just i think depends on how much of any like sequels or anything the author has also done plays into it as well that makes sense i yeah. guess
0: I guess I just think of like in my brain, it's all of the reading I did before working at Overdrive and then learning things working here. Yes. <laughs> I mean. That
2: does happen. It's it's that very happen.
0: through the looking glass.
2: It is. It
1: is very through the looking glass. <laughs> yeah. And I do think there are a lot of authors that really do well at having a set like one book a year schedule if not more but then sort of with this experience learning what goes into that
2: you know it might
1: be months and months and months of writing and editing and uh, and like us as readers we just want the next one and we're like all right well hurry up where is right and you're like well that was 12 months of work
2: (laughs) well and some are contracted to have a book a year and Mm -hmm. so like I know in various author interviews we've done over the years. I think like Jody Pico talked a lot about it um where like you essentially like two or three books are going on at once depending on what stage you're in whether it's sort of the writing stage, the editing stage, the pre-publication stage, the research before you write stage like you could have and like you know Jody writes full-time she doesn't have a a job outside of that so she, dedicate but even I think authors that have full-time jobs and are contracted to have a book a year that's a lot that's a lot of work
0: Uh, yeah that's (laughs) especially when you're considering like if you're in the final stages or the editing process of another book you could effectively be working on anywhere from one to three books at the same time yes even at a one a year publishing rate
2: yes because of just like how it take like books take like two years to publish. I mean, you know, there's, yes, there, yeah. there's like lag time essentially. And there can be overlapped depending on where in the stage you are. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot. So anyway, um, I just realized I just sort of don't have much of a, I have a bit of everything too for my fix this month. So I guess we're all doing that anyway. Um, my, um my next one is called bad vibes only which yes please by uh nora mcinnerney i think is how you pronounce it i have no idea so apologies to nora so um nora does not dance like no one is watching in fact she dances like everyone is watching which is to say she does not dance at all that is where i was like oh this is a book for people like me okay cool So a best-selling author and host of the beloved podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking, she has captured the hearts of millions with her disarming and earnest approach to discussing grief and loss. Now, with bad vibes only, she turns her eye on our aggressively, oppressively optimistic culture, our obsession with self-improvement, and what it really means to live authentically in the online age. In essays that revisit her cringy past and anticipate her rapidly approaching early middle-aged future norley by her own chaos inviting us to drop the facade of perfection and embrace the truth that we are all at best slightly unhinged socrates claimed that the unexamined life is not worth living bad vibes only it's for the people who have taken that dictum a bit too far the overthinkers the analyzers the recovering girl bosses and the burned out personal brand reminded us that a life worth living is about more than just good vibes yes to all of this also I feel like there are people who I know who I kind of want to like send a copy to and you know
0: uh-huh I'll just, just right on that gift receipt just thinking, on that of gift receipt. <laughs> thinking of you
2: thinking of you thinking of you
0: yeah I feel like I just need to order a box and start handing these to Hand people in my mm-hmm. life but I yes. love, love that title and by the end I was cracking up of that description
2: yeah, the t- well, the full title is Bad Vibes Only and Other Things I Bring to the Table, which is, yes, Chef's so Even yes. Better. so that's out, out October
0: 11th. Awesome. Uh, I, my next title is also out October 11th, and I guess, yeah, all my spooky picks seem to have been in September. I have a couple spooky ones in here, but sorry, y'all. You get what you get. This is what I was vibing with today. So my next title out October 11th is If You Could See the Sun by Anne Liang. No secret is safe. Alice Sun has always felt invisible at her elite Beijing International Boarding School, where she's the only scholarship student in a sea of uber-wealthy classmates. But she has a plan. Be top in the class, attend a prestigious university, secure a killer job, and finally lift her family out of poverty. Then her parents drop a bomb. They can no longer afford her tuition, even with the scholarship. But that's the least of Alice's problems, because she has suddenly started uncontrollably turning invisible. As in, completely physically invisible. Alice realizes there's an upside to her strange new power, unparalleled access to the secrets of China's most rich and influential teens. Soon, Alice has a new plan, offer her invisibility services to find out what her classmates want to know, for a price but between balancing schoolwork a growing relationship with academic rival turned business partner henry and stealing secrets things start to fall through the cracks as the tasks escalate from petty scandals to actual crimes alice must decide if helping her family is worth losing her conscience or even her life so that's if you could see the sun out october 11th
1: that also sounds so good. I, I'm just like frantically looking at all of these books as we're talking about them.
0: I also appreciate the cover on this one. I, I really like the the art style for it.
1: I'm just looking at it. Ooh, <laughs> yes. No comment, but just yes. Ooh. Yeah. I have okay. seen this. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: It's when gorgeous. I was like looking through titles. I kept seeing that one pop up, but I think you already had it on your list. Should Probably.
0: <laughs>
1: it's gorgeous my next pick also has a fun cover you guys will recognize if you look at it it's got like the neon flutter letter font letter font good job me uh it's the family game by katherine Stedman. this is out october 18th so this has a rich and deadly family yep like we're sold That was really all I needed to see. But for those of you that need more than one sentence or one word to pick up a book, uh, Harriet is an aspiring novelist on the brink of being the next big thing. When she gets engaged to Edward, the news of their marital bliss gives his estranged family some room to wiggle back into their lives. Slowly, Harriet is drawn into her in-law's world. It's one full of power and money and intrigue. How could you not get sucked in? When Edward's father, Robert, gives her a tape and says it's the audio for a book he's been writing, she's immediately eager to listen, hits play, and realizes that it's not a book. It's a confession to a brutal crime. The family game is suddenly set in motion. Who will win? This sounds so good. And I don't know what it is. I love a good thriller for fall. I'm always ready
0: for a good thriller, so. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so that is The Family Game by Catherine Steadman, out October 18th.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen The Bride and Groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
0: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: My name Adam Sokol, and I'm the host of the Passions and Prologues podcast. Every week, best selling authors like Jenny Jackson, Rebecca Mackay, Lisa Scottolini or Brad Meltzer come on to my show to talk about, yes, their new books, but more importantly, the things that they're crazy passionate about. We've talked about the Muppets, powerlifting, traveling, gardening, home improvement, and so much more. We dig into why these things are their passions, how they inspire their writing, and where they came to fall in love with these random assorted things. Be sure to subscribe to the Passions and
2: Prologues podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And check out evergreenpodcast.com to learn more. Um, I also almost put this on my list until I saw you had it first. I yes, I, yes, and the fact that it has BA Paris giving it a blurb. Um be prepared for a nail biting roller coaster of a ride. Okay. BA Paris is saying that, which, you know, that says a lot. That says a lot. My next book is Signal Fires by Danny Shapiro. This is one of the most in, eagerly anticipated books of the year from Lithub, Book Page, Library Journal, The Millions, all the things. Signal Fires opens on a summer night in 1985. Three teenagers have been drinking. One of them gets behind the wheel of a car. And in an instant, everything on Division Street changes. Each of their lives and that of Ben Wilf, a young doctor who arrives on the scene, is shattered. For the Wilf family, the circumstances of that fatal accident will become the deepest kind of secret, one so dangerous it can never be spoken. On Division Street, time has moved on. When the Shankmans arrive, a young couple expecting a baby boy, it's as if the accident never happened. But when Waldo, the Shankman's brilliant, lonely son who marvels at the beauty of the world and has a native ability to find connections in everything, befriends Dr. Wilf, now retired and struggling with his wife's decline, past events come hurtling back in ways no one could have ever foreseen. That was a really long sentence, just as an aside. <laughs> in Danny Shapiro's first work of fiction in 15 years, she returned to the form that launched her career with the riveting, deeply felt novel that examines the ties, bind families together, and the secrets that can break them apart. Um, I'm all for any, like, small-town secret generations gone by kind of thing. So I'm here for signal fires uh it's out october 18th
0: and I've got. i know what you did last summer energy too
2: yeah i can't it's like it's it's listed as literature um which makes me interested to see sort of like how i don't think it's meant to be kind of a thriller but more sort of
0: from the description it's got yeah, yeah. some some thrilling sounding moments but Yeah.
2: It just sort of depends on how it's uh,
0: handled. How it it plays out.
2: Yeah, how it plays out. Definitely
0: interested to see how that goes. Yes. My next title is out October 4th, and that is A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe. Last night at the Telegraph Club, author Melinda Lowe returns to the Bay Area with another masterful queer coming-of-age story, this time set against the backdrop of the first major Supreme Court decisions legalizing gay marriage. Aria Tang West was looking forward to a summer on Martha's Vineyard with her best friends, one last round of sand and sun before college. But after a graduation party goes wrong, Aria's parents exile her to California to stay with her grandmother, artist Joan West. Aria expects boredom, but what she finds is Steph Nichols, her grandmother's gardener. Soon, Aria is second-guessing who she is and what she wants to be, and a summer that once seemed lost becomes unforgettable for Aria, her family, and the working-class queer community Steph introduces her to. It's the kind of summer that changes a life forever. And almost 60 years after the end of Last Night at the Telegraph Club, A Scatter of Light also offers a glimpse into Lily and Kath's lives since 1955. So, A Scatter of Light out October 4th from Melinda Lowe. If you, like me, loved Last Night at the Telegraph Club, be ready. <laughs> Super excited for this one.
1: This looks great. And again, the cover is lovely.
0: Mm-hmm. I love Vibrant. the art style. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's that like kind of new agey comic-y style. I love it.
1: The colors are really Vibrant? poppin'. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vibrant is the word.
0: <laughs> poppin' works.
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, Yeah, my picks, I realize my picks for this month are completely random and they don't have like a a vibe, but maybe random is the vibe. (laughs) My next pick is The Extraordinary Life of an Ordinary Man by Paul Newman. This is also out on October 18th. In 1986, Paul Newman and his closest friend, screenwriter Stuart stern that's a tongue twister began an extraordinary project stewart was to compile an oral history to have newman's family and friends and those who worked closely with him talk about the actor's life and newman would work with stewart and give his side of the story the only stipulation was that anyone who spoke on the record had to be completely honest and that same stipulation applied to newman himself and this project lasted five years um, so what began in 1986 uh, is now finally coming to publish. The result is a really extraordinary memoir from pages and pages of transcripts from Newman, from those conversations, the voice from Newman is described as being powerful, funny, painful, uh, and always meeting that high standard of searing honesty. There are a lot of additional voices in this, um, including his childhood friends, members of the Navy that he was uh, friends with, family members, and then people in the film and theater industry. So you'll recognize names like Tom Cruise and George Roy Hill um, that sort of add richness and color and context to the story that paul newman is telling about his own life so this is the extraordinary life of an ordinary man by paul newman and others out october 18th paul newman was such a movie star i'm i like can't wait to read this that's all he was like a movie star movie star right yeah. movie star
2: like,
0: he's one of those names like, yes
2: also I'm, salad dressing also and good salsa as well
1: Mm -hmm. he just I don't know how to describe it they're just like this era of actors of like men I don't know but he just is an icon yes I was I I was
0: literally gonna say not to sound too millennial or internet but he was iconic yeah like he just gets that title it's the like James Dean kind of name it's all of those
1: Right. Where I don't know that there are movie stars of his caliber. Like he he was just of that time, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was such a big name. I I, I don't know. It feels like it's a lost, you know, era, but he was just definitely one of those people that I think everybody would recognize his name, no matter your age or interests, you've seen something with Paul Newman.
0: Or at least the salad dress.
1: Or you've at, least, or you at least purchased his
2: salad dressing. Exactly. Also from <laughs> Cleveland, too. So,
0: really? Oh, I didn't oh, know Yeah, you. he's from
2: Shaker Heights. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, like Celeste.
1: Yeah, like Celeste. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Shaker. Mm-hmm. I'm just making a shocked face because I did not know that at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Emma, you found your connection. I, <laughs> look, I'm Cleveland telling you. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was Cleveland all along.
2: Yeah. No, he's just, from Shaker. Mm hmm.
0: That's cool.
2: Love, yeah. love him. Yeah. Um, the Sting is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I grew up watching it because it's one of my dad's favorite. And mm. I'm going to be very disappointed if there's no Robert Redford in this book. I'm just saying, like, how do you talk about yeah. Paul Newman
1: without,
0: without Robert Redford? Without
1: Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say, because my dad's like favorite film is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And Same so that's yeah. we grew up with that. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if there wasn't some reference to that. Uh, yeah. Like iconic film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um. All right. So my next book is Partners in Crime by Alicia Rye. I love all of Alicia's romance books. They're so adorable and cute. So this is um, about Mira Patel. She's got a solid accounting career, good friends, and a whole lot of distance between her and her dysfunctional family. All that's missing is a stable romantic relationship. Armed with a spreadsheet and professional help, she sets out to find her partner in only legal activities, but much to her matchmaker's dismay, no one is quite right, including Naveen, the very first match she unceremoniously rejected. Lately, Naveen's been too focused on keeping his sick grandfather's law firm afloat to think about love, and he's stunned when Mira walks back into his life to settle her aunt's affairs. He's determined to keep things professional, though it's impossible not to be intrigued by all of the secrets piling up around Mira. Getting back together with an ex is a bad idea. Getting kidnapped with one is even worse. Suddenly, Naveen and Mira find themselves in a mad dash through Las Vegas to escape jewel thieves, evade crime bosses, and follow the clues to untangle the mess their family left behind. As her past comes back to haunt her, Mira despairs of ever finding someone who might understand her, but maybe over the course of one wild night, she'll find out that he's right by her side. I love everything about this. So I just I just love Alicia Rise. Her books are so they're just fun and romantic and cute and sexy and just like all of the things. All of them. So, so we're all that.
0: really appealing words in a description for a person, <laughs> especially for a person who like doesn't read romance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Her stuff is it's just they're just fun. They're just fun books. Um so that is partners in crime. It's out October 18th.
0: All right. Well, my next book is not romantic and sexy as far as we know yet. Uh, It's out October 25th. This is The Sevenfold Hunters by Rose Eagle. There's nothing hijabi alien hunter Abyan wants more than to graduate from Carlisle Academy and finally rid the earth of aliens, the Nosaru. Everything is going to plan until the Nosaru kill one of Abyan's squad mates. To make matters worse, the school admins replace her elite squad member with a subpar new recruit, Artemis. Despite Artemis failing every test and bringing the team down with her, their cutthroat instructors refuse to kick her out. Together, Abion, Artemis, and the rest of the team unravel the mystery of why Artemis is actually there, what the Nosaru really want, and what Carlisle Academy has been hiding from them all. And that is The Sevenfold Hunters by Rose Eagle, out October 25th fun sci-fi kind of like um post-apocalyptic romp.
1: So good. That sounds so good. My next pick is Hester by Lori Lico Albanese. This is out October 4th. If you look this book up, the cover. We have to talk about it and I haven't talked about most of the covers in this uh, episode yet, but the cover is stunning. It's like needlepoint florals, black background, really bold white text. Uh, So this caught my eye immediately when we were presented this title of several months ago from the publisher. And so this has been on my list for a long time. I also love when classics are like slightly reimagined and get, I don't know, I'd hate to say it, but like New life, a little more interesting. So, this is a reimagining of the woman who inspired Hester Prynne from Nathaniel Hawthorne's book, The Scarlet Letter. I admittedly read like part of The Scarlet Letter in high school in AP English. We like did a chapter on it. I'm going to go ahead and put my teacher under the bus for that because we like were meant to do something and we didn't. And so, we just like read a chapter and then we moved on. So my understanding of The Scarlet Letter uh, is brief and is honestly largely from that Emma Stone movie. But anyways, this is a really interesting reimagining of Hester Prynne, where in this book you have Isabel Gamble. She is a young Scottish seamstress who is forced to flee. Um, from Edinburgh, when her husband's opium addiction and debts required them to start a new life. So they sail off to America in the early 1800s. And days after they arrive in Salem, her husband, Edward, abruptly joins a departing ship as a medic and leaves his wife chilling in a new country uh, all by herself, forced to just carry on alone. So when Isabel meets the handsome and aspiring young writer Nathaniel Hawthorne, the two are instantly drawn to one another. He is a man haunted by his ancestor's role in the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. And while Isabel is an unusually gifted needleworker troubled by her own strange talents, so they have a lot in common. They're sort of both grappling with these larger issues and, and things from their past. And as the weeks go by, and it looks like Isabel's husband is just like, not going to come back um Nathan and Isabel grow closer together they are a muse and a dark storyteller the enchanter and the enchanted but which is which and who holds the greater power so this sounds fantastic this is Hester by Lori Lico Albanese I hope I said that right this is out October 4th this sounds amazing
0: I love the cover it is very needle pointy
1: it's so cool. And I love that that ties in directly to her being a seamstress mm-hmm. and like the colors, the like the Scarlet A, we've yes. kind of got those bright red flowers. It's, it's a mood. Also,
0: if you watched Easy A, you got everything you needed out of. That's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's true. It's yep. Pretty, that's
2: it's
0: pretty accurate.
1: Thank yeah. you. I couldn't remember what the title was.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did forget that that was retelling of Scarlet Letter, but uh, yeah. That's true. It was, so, it was. That's a solid adaptation
1: movie. Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: I'll always be here to call out uh, an an adapted
2: classic, yeah. <laughs>
1: especially from like the early mid two thousands. Yes. Yep.
2: <laughs> it's true. That's true. My next pick is *Dying of Politeness* by Gina Davis. We got a lot of like Hollywood memoirs happening. Yeah. yeah. Um. At three years old, Gina Davis announced she was going to be in movies. Now with a slew of iconic roles and awards under her belt, she has surpassed her childhood dream, but the path to finding yourself never did run smoothly. In this simultaneous, hilarious, and candid memoir, Davis regales us with the tales of a career playing everything from an amnesic assassin to the parent of a rodent, her eccentric childhood, her relationships, and helping lead the way to gender priority or parity in Hollywood all while learning to be a little more badass one role at a time. Dying of politeness is a touching account of one woman's journey to fight for herself and ultimately fighting for women all around the globe. Um, love Gina Davis, right? I
1: love her.
2: I love her. League of Their uh, Own. Yeah. League of, what is the title? It's League of Their Own. Okay. Wow.
1: <laughs> it is a Monday. <laughs> it's a Monday, y'all. It's hitting
0: hard. Did you, did you know Gina Davis was in music videos? really uh Celine Dion, Trisha Yearwood, Semisonic, Carol King, Madonna, Glenn Frey. Uh it looks like she has her own song and then Brian Ferry. What?
2: I'm Semisonic? Like
0: Semisonic. Yeah, she's an FNT.
1: Huh. I also Oh, okay, but it does was... look
0: like it's like sneaky because it's um Clips from movies that are used, so just kidding.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Because, well, uh, I mean... yeah, The Fly, Earth Girls Are Easy, oh, Thumb and Louise, okay. Okay. A League of Their yeah. Own, The Long Kiss Goodnight, and both Stuart Littles. So,
1: Right. I forgot she right. was in Stuart Little. So when you said that she was the parent of, a of a rodent, I was like, oh,
2: yeah. She also was on Grey's Anatomy for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. really liked her on Grey's Anatomy. Uh,
0: My main point of reference for Gina Davis, it's an odd one, it's the eighteen episode TV series Commander in Chief, where she is oh, the president.
2: Right. <laughs> That's oh my like, gosh! Yeah. I forgot about that.
0: Yep. That's how I know Gina Davis. Regardless of all of the other amazing movies she's in, I just
1: and she was in Glow. Oh. If oh. anyone. Gorgeous. Watched... Ladies of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which was oh, cut wow. short. This is the time.
0: this is the part of the episode where we just stare at Wikipedia for a minute. I mean,
2: she was also married to Jeff Goldblum, so I'm very much looking forward to information of that. Also, like, she one of her earliest roles was in the very problematic Tootsie, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So she's she's good in it, but that that movie has rough movie. It's a rough movie. I did not. Oh, she's married well to- She was married to Jeff
0: Goldblum. Now I'm also very fascinated. Like
1: in the 80s, I think. Okay. Yeah, 87 to 91. Wow. Dang. I have a lot of random facts in my head.
0: Well, Gina Davis, can't wait.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's Dying of Politeness. It's out October 11th.
0: Very cool. My next book is out October 18th. This is from Alice Oseman. You know who she is. Our author of Heartstopper and Loveless. This is I Was Born for This. Uh, Okay. For Angel Rahimi, life is about one thing. The Ark, a boy band that's taking the world by storm. Being part of the Ark's fandom has given her everything she loves. Her friend Juliet, her dreams, her place in the world. Her Muslim family doesn't understand the band's allure. But Angel feels there are things about her they'll never understand. Jimmy Kagarichi owes everything to the ARC. He's their front man, and playing in a band with his mates is all he ever dreamed of doing, even if it only amplifies his anxiety. The fans are very accepting that he's trans, but they also keep shipping him with his longtime friend and bandmate Rowan. But Jimmy and Rowan are just friends, and Rowan has a secret girlfriend the fans can never know about. Dreams don't always come true and turn out the way you want uh, when Jimmy and Angel are unexpectedly thrust together they find out how strange and surprising facing up to reality can be a funny wise and heartbreakingly true coming-of-age novel i was born for this is out october 18th by alice oseman and it is a stunning reflection of modern teenage life and the power of believing in something especially yourself so good i just with the popularity of heartstopper the ne- the netflix adaptation I'm just excited to see what Alice Oseman will create next.
1: I can't wait. And the cover is super cute. Sorry, I had to say it.
0: (laughs) The cover is super cute.
1: My next pick is YA, because, you know, I got to get at least one in each month. It's Pretty Dead Queens by Alexa Dawn. And this is out October 4th. When I say to you that this description has everything in a book that I want. That it's, it, it really does. It ticks all the boxes. So after the death of her mom, 17 year old Cecilia Ellis goes to live with her estranged grandmother, a celebrated author whose Victorian mansion is as creepy as the murder mysteries. She writes like immediately. Yes. On the surface, life is utterly ordinary in the California coastal town. Again, yes, until the homecoming queen is murdered. I mean, that's not great, but for the purposes of the plot, I'm intrigued. And she's not Seaview's first pretty dead queen. So this has happened before in Seaview. So with a seemingly copycat killer on the loose, Cecilia decides to throw herself into the investigation. I love a teen investigating crime. And she's determined to crack the case like the heroines in her grandmother's books. But the more she digs into the town's secrets, the more she worries that her own mystery might not have a storybook ending. Yes, please. So, Come on,
0: modern-day Nancy Drew.
1: Yeah, exactly. We've got a creepy Victorian mansion, the grandmother that writes murder mysteries, homecoming queens, copycat killers, a coastal town in California. Yes. So this is Pretty Dead Queens by Alexa Dawn. This is out October 4th.
0: It also kind of gives me, if they tried to reboot Murder, She Wrote today, mm-hmm. Because it's got the fir- the formula of the way they reboot everything, like take an original character, put them in a role where they don't really do much. So Jessica's just there still writing her novels, but now her granddaughter's the one solving mysteries. I'm into it. Maybe yeah. I watched a lot of Murder, She Wrote, okay?
2: <laughs> don't apologize for that.
0: I won't, but the listeners need to know my
2: truth. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy Alexa's uh, books. I read the Ivies. Um, It came out last year, year before. Highly enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, And for any aspiring writers who are listening, Alexa runs a very popular YouTube channel um, where she really does deep dives into the process of writing and publishing um, with their, their super engaging, highly entertaining videos, but also very informative about just how certain things work with tips for writers and if you're a publisher, uh, if you're looking to get published traditionally and just all the things. So uh, yeah, Alexa, shout out to Alexa. Um, my next book is Daughters of the New Year by E.M. Tran. So in present day New Orleans, Zun Trung, former beauty queen turned refugee after the fall of Saigon, is obsessed with divining her daughter's fate through their Vietnamese Zodiac signs. But track... Ni and True diverge completely from their immigrant parents' expectations. Successful lawyer, Track hides her sexuality from her family. Knee competes as the only woman of color on a bachelorsque reality TV show. And True, a budding writer, is determined to learn more about her familial and cultural past. As the three sisters begin to encounter strange glimpses of long-buried secrets from the ancestors they never knew, the story of the Trung woman unfurls to reveal the dramatic events that brought them to America. Moving backwards in time, Em Tran takes us into the high school classrooms of New Orleans, to Saigon beauty pageants, to 20th century rubber plantations, traversing a century as the Trungs are both estranged and united by the gods of their tumultuous history. Uh, again, love everything about this. That I, again, like fam, like I like families with, seek like secrets not. Secrets feels very loaded, but just like things you maybe don't know about your family. And then just like over the course of generations and navigating on that and mother-daughter relationships. Those are all sorts of things. Um, Yeah. So that is Daughters of the New Year. It is out October 11th.
0: Always really uh, compelling to have that kind of like generational trauma breakdown. Yeah.
2: Yes. Multi-generational family sagas. Mm -hmm. I am here for it.
0: So, okay, I did it. My last two books are spooky, or at least spooky adjacent. (laughs) Uh, The Witch in the Well is a dark Norwegian thriller from Camilla Bruce, and she is the one who wrote You Let Me In. That came out in 2020. But The Witch in the Well... It follows two former friends when they reunite after decades apart. Their grudges, flawed ambitions, and shared obsessions swirl into an all-too-real echo of a terrible town legend. Centuries ago, beautiful young Elizabeth Clark was accused of witchcraft after several children disappeared. Her acquittal did nothing to stop her fellow townsfolk from drowning her in the well where the missing children were last seen. When author and social media influencer Elena returns to the summer paradise of her youth to get her family's manor house ready to sell, the last thing she expected was connecting with, and feeling inspired to write about, Ilspeth's infamous spirit. The very historical figure that her ex-childhood friend Kathy has been diligently researching and writing about for years. What begins is a fiercely competitive sense of ownership over Ilspeth, and her story soon turns both women's worlds into something more haunted, and dangerous than they could ever imagine. That is The Witch in the Well, out October 4th by Camilla Bruce. Well, spooky, uh, mysterious return to where you came from, um, competition with former friends. It ticks some boxes, and then a mysterious force doing who knows what.
1: Now begins the spooky portion of our (laughs) October book picks. We've finally arrived.
0: (laughs) It took a minute, but we got there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, all of our final picks are finally spooky vibes. My book ended.
0: I started with spooky and then
1: <laughs> My next pick is a spooky one. It is such sharp teeth by Rachel Harrison. This is out October 4th, so you do not have very long to wait. So this follows Aurora also known as Rory, Morris, and she's on temporary leave of absence from work. She's returned to her hometown to be with her twin sister, Scarlett, who is pregnant. Her boyfriend has left her, and so she's asked Rory to come home and help. On a night out, early into her arrival back in town, Rory runs into Ian Pedretti, a guy that she was friends with in high school and knew that he had a major crush on her, but Rory never pursued it. Wasn't interested at the time, but he's all grown up now and flustered on her way home late from her run in with him. Rory hits an animal with her car. She gets out to investigate and she's attacked by something uh, who what we don't know. Um, people say it's a bear in the days that follow. Everything starts to feel different spoiler alert. This is a werewolf story. Uh, It's not a spoiler. It's so, so on the cover. It's a werewolf novel. Um, So the book has a lot to say about the impact of transformation on the body and the mind, watching Rory's journey alongside Scarlett's. They're both going through some major changes, um, grappling with the trauma from their past, opening up to the possibility of hope and love. And maybe imagining a future for yourself that's different than what you originally thought. This was a quick and compelling and spooky read. This is perfect for October. And I don't normally read gothic, thriller, horror books. But when I say that this was so enjoyable, uh, I really mean that. So this book is dark and twisty, but there's comedy there's a little bit of romance. It's, it's just a really lovely layered book that's perfect for October. So that is Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison out October 4th. That sounds so good. I'm, I'm just like, it's so good. I'm into it. We're going to talk about the cover. It's a black cover. The font is pink. There's a creepy like bloody moon uh, with a werewolf on the cover. Um, and yeah, it was just really good. There's obviously a lot in here um just in terms of, you know dealing with sibling relationships, dealing with your hometown, obviously the interesting element of coping with your transition into a werewolf <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was just a perfect spooky, creepy, like at times very cozy and charming book for October. So, I definitely recommend this and I'm really intrigued to dive uh, back into some of Rachel's other books.
2: For sure. My next one, oh, uh, it's got the Halloween vibes. I would not call it creepy or spooky, but it's When Life Gives You Vampires by Gloria Duke. So, this is about a plus-size vampire. I mean, it's a romance with a plus-sized vampire. So 25-year-old Lily Baines is used to waking up hungover, overweight, and underemployed. Waking up with fangs, not so much. But when a little light necking has more serious consequences than she ever imagined, Lily's determined to get to the bottom of it or die again, trying. Tristan had not meant to turn Lily. It's against vampire law. But now that she's here, they need to team up to save both their hides. They strike an uneasy truth, fending off other vampires. Lily's work rival turned slayer and her mother's tone-deaf romance and fitness advice. All while Lily faces down her insecurities about the fact that she lives in a diet-obsessed world with a body that will never age, never die, and never change. Falling for a maddenly gorgeous sire, easy. Surviving an ancient vampire master determined to see her twice dead piece of cake. But can Lily ever truly learn to love the woman she'll be forevermore? Uh, Yes, please. Also a fantastic cover, because it's basically like, lily who is clearly plus size on the cover of the book um i will say i've not read this i don't actually know what the representation of being fat and plus size is like so i i don't know just have to put that disclaimer out there um but i am interested in reading it and and probably will because it sounds delightful and perfect for halloween spooky season
0: it sounds like a super fun way to like if you're not like us who are reading some sort of horror, thriller, spooky, and you like more of a, a, silly, a silly version of that, it sounds yes. like a great, but man, your body's going to be the same forever. Uh, talk about definitely finally yeah. having to come to terms with looking in the mirror.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. And this, this, I feel like, would be my normal this time of year mm-hmm. type of pick. So plus it has me at enemies to lover enemies to lovers vibes. It does. Yes. I can't, I can't speak, which is super helpful for a podcast. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those days. There's a lot going on. And there's a lot coming out in October. I feel like I can't yes. we can't like get the words out fast enough because there's so many good books.
0: Right. None of us brought up Alan Rickman's book.
1: I know. I can't talk about I, it.
0: I can't I, even. I just-
1: that's why I can't talk. I know about it. I
0: can't even read the description because I'm like, yeah, <laughs>
1: same, same. So, shout out to Alan Rickman's book. Uh, That's come check it out.
2: I can't uh, talk about it. Emma. I mean, they're like diary entries. Like,
0: how? I know.
1: I can't I, do it.
0: Oh, so personal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, my last book is a little dark humor, a little ooky spooky. You know, kind of get it all. Get it all right at the end uh, out October 25th. Uh, This is a debut novel about a guy who works in hell and it is called sign here by Claudia Lux. Peyote trip has a pretty good gig in the deals department on the fifth floor of hell. Sure. None of the pens work. The coffee machine has been out of order for a century and the only drink on offer is Jägermeister, but pay has a plan. And all he needs is one last member of the Harrison family to sell their soul. When the Harrisons retreat to the family lake house for the summer with their daughter Mickey's precocious new friend Ruth in tow, the opportunity Pay has waited a millennium for might finally be in his grasp. And with the help of his charismatic co-worker Calamity, he sets a plan in motion. But things aren't always as they seem on Earth or in Hell, and as old secrets and new dangers scrape away at the Harrisons' shiny surface revealing the darkness beneath, everyone must face the consequences of their choices. And that's Sign Here by Claudia Lux, out October 25th. It's not, it's very far from any of my usual picks. It's actually, I, you know, the kind of like deal with the devil. I usually stay away from that just in my own, but it, it just, it sounded so funny. The cover is a lot of fun and I I want to know, I want to know what his promotion is. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. And I love that his name is Peyote Trent.
2: you said that and I was like wait did I hear Uh that correctly
0: yep peyote trip
2: peyote trip just just checking good to know okay did you hear you correctly
0: you sure did (laughs) (laughs) well listeners thank you for joining us today for our October book picks the things that we are eagerly awaiting release in the coming month uh, we hope you found something you can enjoy. And if you made it to this point, thank you. Remember, we are sourcing questions for our 700th episode. So if you have a question for us, or about the podcast or just something you want to hear read on air? Send those to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or you can reach out to us on social media. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Pro Book Nerds, We'll be posting uh, questions and, and tweets that you can kind of like comment on or under, or of course you can send us a DM there as well. But with
2: that, thank you all so much for listening today. And of course, happy reading. readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace professional book nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program to learn about other evergreen podcasts visit evergreenpodcast.com our podcast is produced recorded and edited by emma dwyer jill grunewald and joe skelly and presented by overdrive to learn more visit professionalbooknerds.com